Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the AM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we want to continue our talk about Halloween and all the spooky things. So last episode, we touched upon witches and our thoughts on that. And in this episode, we wanted to dive a bit deeper into some ghost stories, some traditional Japanese stories. Also, the theme that is very important, that is what people are scared of. So, sister, in your opinion, what do you think, what scares people? I think mostly people are afraid of things that they cannot explain. If they cannot find a rational explanation for what happened, maybe they become to be scared and then they attribute that to the supernatural most of the times. Or, yeah, I guess that's most of the cases, you know, when you cannot make sense of something, then you become afraid of that because we rely so much on our minds to explain everything to us that when we cannot do that, it's really frightening. Yeah. I believe, I think the unknown scares people. But to me, it's funny that, for example, religion is also dealing with the unknown, but it kind of brings comfort to people instead of scaring them. And other things that are considered more spiritual or this and that can frighten people somehow. But I guess that's because religion is kind of doing the work to interpret that. You know, like, it's not you're going crazy. It's not that it's not something that you, you can understand we're going to explain this to you as i don't know a holy miracle but we're going to explain that to you the presence of the holy ghost or whatever you know so i guess i mean i'm just giving an example of the catholic church but i guess different religions they will give different explanations for people to make sense of their reality and i guess you said about spirituality there is kind of a framework for people to understand things that are out of our comprehension through spirituality, but also there's a lot more freedom for you to interpret your own experiences. And maybe that's why people don't feel so comfortable, some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in a lot of places have experienced something that they can consider supernatural. Um, I don't know if nowadays people do it so much, but If you look back, I think in every place in history, there's like supernatural stories. And it's interesting to see how everyone is fascinated by that. By And even like during this time, like Halloween or Dia de los Muertos or, you know, all those things, they just make us think about those supernatural things more. Um, I wanted to mention one thing that I think scares people. Um, but somehow it still exists. I think in the beginning was due to um, lack of knowledge, honestly, but nowadays is a mystery why people still do that. And that is related to vampires. <laughs> <laughs> but not like the pretty stories, you know, like Twilight or True Blood or Vampire Diaries. I mean, um, what we would call vampirism Not like the energetic type, that's another thing as well. But the true like drinking blood is something that has been historically seen. And in the past, people used to drink blood because of they believed that it would heal you and they would it would give you energy. 
And I saw that in the 15th century, uh, a pope that was called Pope Innocent VII, he was very sick. And then his physician, he bled three young men to feed him with blood while it was still warm. And he believed that that would give him back the vitality and the youthfulness that those men had. And also they used blood to treat epilepsy. And even like they used to collect blood from like executed criminals, some very horrible stuff. And this only stopped when during the 18th century, 19th centuries, because of the enlightenment that they found out actually there is no really correlation between blood and your well-being. I mean, but then, sorry. sorry, it could make sense, you know, like if you drink blood, there's a lot of iron and all that stuff, but it doesn't yeah. make sense because you can get iron from many different sources of mm-hmm. food, you know. So, and also, um, you talked about the Pope, and then reminded me like how in the Catholic Church, the bread symbolizes the body and the wine symbolizes the blood of christ but i mean it's symbolic right it's not that you literally have to drink someone's blood to feel better in any way shape or form right and i think it's like symbolic as well during that time because like you said blood symbolizes life like life force so some researchers they were talking about this like when people drank blood it's more than just a physiological thing, but it's like a spiritual thing as well. Because it's like blood gives you life. When you die, your blood stops circulating. You die, right? Uh, so it's more like a, blood was like a medium in between physical and spiritual things. And it's interesting to see that uh, I saw this article on BBC that talked about people that still drink blood nowadays. and. Some of them call themselves vampires, some other people don't. But what kind of blood do you know? Like animal blood? No, human blood. Wow. But it's like a it's like a closed group and they drink other people's blood, but in between that group. I don't know if they get tested just if they don't have any disease or exactly that's so disturbing. Yeah. It is disturbing. And like they have all the utensils you need, like medical stuff to do that. And they say some people were feeling really, you know, lack of energy and had migraines and this and that. And they said that blood helps. But this is really disturbing, you feel? And I mean, this if, you take, if you take off your blood and then you drink somebody else's blood, I mean, isn't it better just to keep your own blood? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not part of the group, but like, some sociologists and people like that were studying them those things they say that you know this vampirism thing actually exists in many big cities in almost everywhere in the world but like it's just like a small group of people so we don't hear about it people who are doing research about this they found this everywhere which is a bit scarier i don't know surprising. it's, it's very disturbing surprising to me yeah, I mean, but I don't know if I'm so surprised about that because people can do so many different things that, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of expected that some people would do that. But I don't know if, for me, it has a level of self-harming as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like, 
I don't know if there's some psychological issues involved in that as well, because it's like it's pretty taboo to do such thing. Well, and then I was thinking like about this whole vampire, this whole blood stuff. Um, if you think about it, there's like um, everywhere, in, not everywhere in the world, but like in a lot of places, there are histories about vampires or creatures who drink that drink blood. And I was seeing even like in Japanese folklore, there is this creature, I would say, demon called Nukekubi. And it's like this very beautiful woman, but she has, she's kind of possessed. So when she sleeps, her head wanders off, like her, her neck splits off her body and she wanders the street at night and she attacks like young men and drinks their blood, stuff like that. And I found interesting how, you know, we have vampires in some like Western folklore and then we have this in Japan as well. And I bet there are so many other stories about drinking blood. And now you see people still do those things. <laughs> and it's so, I mean, one, I know maybe it's not so related, but for me, it's really related. Like how some people that eat animal blood, right? Food with animal blood. I mean, you know, some people yeah, don't find it strange, but for me, who I'm um, vegetarian, you know, it's not okay to do that. So, you know, like, like why some people look, think it's disgusting to eat people's blood, but not animals' blood, you know, for me, it's almost the same. Of course, not the psychological part and participating in a group and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, blood is blood. Mm, I agree and it even reminds me of like ritual things when you have like a sacrifice yeah like what do you do with that blood it's very ritualistic I would say it's not just killing for killing in some cases and that goes deep into like why humans have this right so many different cultures doing those things well but do you want to tell us a bit more about some other Japanese folklore that you found and I think the interesting part that you just mentioned that we can link to that is about the sacrifices. You said it's very ritualistic and people kill for a reason and usually it's for a religious purpose. Yeah. Or to satisfy a god or a goddess or to bless the crops, but who are blessing the gods, of course. So I guess it relates also to what I'm gonna talk, we're gonna talk next, and how things that are scary scary for us are often related to folklore and often related to spirituality and religion as well, like in Japan. And you mentioned the, the woman who would suck blood from young men, right? And yeah. she would be considered a yokai, right? Yeah, she's a yokai. So for those I mean, who don't part know... part of her. But like when the neck comes back to her in the morning, she doesn't remember anything. Um, so like the head has its own life. You know, it's like the demon is only the head at night. I see. There's some crazy story. So for those who don't know, yokai are basically like a very large category of spirits and supernatural beings. And usually you hear stories of those spirits and supernatural beings being harmful and bad. That's why some people are afraid of them. If you watch like anime, probably you saw one of them. Like in Yasha, there are many of them, 
when you yeah. when we were children we loved to to watch uh, Inuyasha and we love to see the yokai and all those kind of different monsters but actually they are believed to be not really monsters in the western sense of the term but more like um, a spirit like a haunted spirit or anything like that and there's another term that people use for Japanese ghosts which which is yurei and they believe that human beings also they have a god inside of them so when they die that god can be manifested or you know come into life and so the spirit has supernatural powers like like the yokai for example so that's why some people believe that when they pray for the ancestors and they can ask for protection or for guidance because they now have this godly um, characteristic to them and they can help the family and they can help other people. But as they are powerful, they can also become very dangerous if they are unhappy with their situation. Right? <laughs> so that's where all those, um, I'd say, ghost stories they come from, you know, those spirits who are not in peace when they die, when they pass away. And so they become ghosts or monsters or anything people would believe and it's funny because the many people believe that the spirits who are not in peace they could be pacified by doing a proper um ritual around it if, if it's a buddhist um ritual or a shinto ritual they could pacify the spirit and finally you know the priest or the priestess would help the spirit to go on to their next life and do whatever business they have to do instead of staying stuck here. That's why it's so interesting how, you know, those ghost stories are so related to religion as well. And this goes back a long, long time. Um, there is a game known as the Hyakumonogatari Kaidan, which is like the 100 story about ghosts that some would I would play. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> it sounds like something that people could do. <laughs> and they would sit around in a circle and they would light a hundred candles. And at each story that would be told, they would blow out a candle. And by the last ghost story that they would tell, they would blow the last candle and they would be in completely darkness. And then a ghost would appear. <laughs> I think I'd be really scared of that if I was like with them back in the days. Yeah. Even like ghost stories nowadays, and like people sit around a fire to tell ghost stories and things like that are really scaring me <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, there are some stories that, you know, like they are very old stories, ghost stories in Japan, and they keep being passed on so it's almost like folklore so many people know the stories and there are some that are very they're not so scary others are pretty strange <laughs> for example there is one that it's called the ghost of okiku did you hear that no so they believe that there was a girl um, called okiku and she used to live in himeji castle and she used to serve a samurai called Aoyama. And as a servant, she would 
take care of her master's collection of plates. And they were very valuable plates. And they had 10 of them. But one day when she was washing them and taking care of them, she realized that one of the plates was missing. And she kept counting the plates many, many times. But what is her name again? Okiku. I think I heard of her. Anyway, continue. And she always, like, she was counting and counting and counting. Every time she just found nine plates and she was desperate. Where is the tenth plate? You know, my master is going to be so angry at me. And the master was indeed very angry. So um, he decided to put her down a well. So she was drowned in the, the well of the castle because she lost one of the plates. And then after she was brutally murdered, murdered um, everybody could hear Okiku's soul um, screaming and counting the plates. They said that her ghost would crawl out of the, the well. <laughs> Sounds like the horror movies, right? And yeah. continue to count the, the plates. And she would every time count to nine and realize there was one missing and everybody would hear like a very um, disturbing sound like her scream because she didn't find the, the last one. And then after they heard that for many, many nights, for weeks long, they called a Buddhist priest to finally um, appease her soul. You know, I heard a different story about Okiko. Which one? Maybe it's a different one. But like this one is about this girl. It's like in the 1918 and close to the 20s. And she was very beloved by her family and they lived a normal life and stuff. And she had this doll, like this porcelain china doll kind of thing. And she loved the doll so much. But for some reason, she got sick and passed away. But like the family didn't want to throw away the doll because she loved it. She used just to put the doll every night. And they just kept it to rem as a reminder of her. But then the doll started to grow hair, like human hair. And actually, they gave the doll to a temple like a Buddhist temple, and the, the monks still take care of the doll until nowadays. And some people say that they did a test of the hair, and it's like human hair. Jesus Christ. I'm having... And the doll is still... If you, search, if you search Okiku, and probably going to find this, you can find the pictures of the temple where the doll is in Japan until nowadays. It's really crazy and but like the, the question is like do you believe in that well i do i surely do definitely do believe in that do you yeah i think so because like i think there's energetic imprint in everything like even if the soul of the child is not stuck in the doll like some people believe it is it has some energetic attachment to her Definitely. It's like when you go into a place and you can feel the vibe, like you can feel the energy of a place, especially like historical places where like violence happened or something like this. You can definitely feel like if you're a bit more sensitive, you can feel. So I think it's the same. Like things just, they happen and the energy stays. So I do believe in ghosts and spirits and, if you've been following us, you probably know our, 
our beliefs around those things. But I think life and death is much more complicated than we believe it is. And we don't need to go like in the past, you know, like folklore and all those things. We can look into our own experiences and how like even nowadays people have cases of attachments, right? And I guess so. even if you try, you know, not to rationalize everything, there is some stuff that happened to you probably in your, in your life that it didn't really, really make a lot of sense, you know. If you heard noises, if you saw shadows walking around and just like, oh, it's nothing, it's my shadow. It really wasn't. Or, you know, many different things happened to you during your life and then you just ignore it because you were, I don't know. It's- so you were programmed to to rationalize it and find a reason reasonable explanation to that but sometimes those things do happen <laughs> yeah and like it's interesting to talk about ghost stories because if you think about it like many mediums and people who have like psychic abilities talk about when you pass like the moment of passing if you don't know you're gonna die is the likelihood of you getting stuck as a ghost is much higher like if you're not prepared right yeah if you're not prepared because like i don't know if an accident happens for example and you didn't see it coming um in one moment you're alive in the next when you're gone so it's like okay sometimes your soul doesn't realize it's even dead <laughs> that's why people pray when someone passed away like try to, trying to guide them to like you can go in peace, like rest in peace kind of thing. I guess we shouldn't be so scared of ghosts anyway, because it's like, it's not every ghost that would be like a horror movie ghost, you know? It could be just yeah. someone that forgot to feed the cat, you know, and passed away and they're like, oh no, my cat, who's going to take care of my cat, you know? So it can be something as simple as that or something very dark, you know, like you see in movies, I want to revenge someone. You know, um, but I guess ghosts are everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. And I think it's like the more open you are to it, the more it comes to you. Because if you're open to it, you know, giving attention to it, and if there's a ghost who wants to talk to someone or give any information, of course they'll come to you. Like, hey, yeah. listen to me, you know. I need to give this message. No one is listening. So you, the medium. But even people who are looking for mediums, like I have a clear example of that. <laughs> When I was doing like um, a reading with a medium and I asked about spirit guides or, you know, this kind of thing. Many people, ghosts or spirits, whatever you want to call, came up to pass a message, but it wasn't even for me was like from my parents or whatever because um, I was living I was here in my house in Brazil so I guess the energy is very concentrated around them because they live here but when I was in Japan the message was much more clear because there was no one you know with me I was there by myself so you know there was not a lot of ghosts trying to pass messages on to my family members <laughs> but more clearly like a message to me <laughs> so I felt it so clearly in the reading you know they are everywhere they are around us and 
They want to talk to us and they want to pass on messages and they want to thank us for things we did for them. But most of the sometimes not even for us, it's just like for family members or people around us. But someone is finally doing a medium reading, you know, a mediumship yeah. reading. So they're like, that's our chance. We got to talk. Hell we got to yeah. talk. So <laughs> that was funny. It's my Excuse turn. Me. Yeah. It wasn't even for you, but could you pass on the message to your relatives? Yeah. There's a good example, like how people are more into spirituality. They say like there are more people, spirits that are not incarnated than the ones who are have a physical body. So just like having this physical human experience is like it's really rare. It's like it's a blessing that you get to experience those things, right? So, and this also ties to when people say like generational things. It really happens. Like you're part of a lineage much longer than yours. And sometimes the things you're doing, you're breaking entire generational patterns. And maybe they want to thank you for that. Or maybe you're fulfilling some wishes that someone in your family didn't get to uh, by being yourself, by being authentic. So I think it's nice to think of ghost stories and spirits and all those things from this perspective. You know, like I know it's a Halloween episode and it's supposed to be scary, but we're here just to say, hey, it's okay, it's normal. <laughs> and I think it's much more, it's much better to celebrate those spirits, like in Jedul's Muertos, celebrate your ancestors and give thanks to them for everything they did for you, for being around you and protecting you and helping you out and for those spirit guys you have as well. But also, mm-hmm. if you like a horror movie, of course, watch them. It's a Halloween time and, you know, enjoy yourself. But also remember that it's not something that you should be afraid of. Yeah, but I would say if you watch a lot of horror stories or horror movies and stuff, like I do believe there's light and dark everywhere. So protect yourself. Like if you keep watching like ghost stories about angry spirits, you know, there are angry spirits out there. So just like before I go to bed, say I close my body, you know, like protect me. Any bad, only good, high vibe, good people, spirits, energies can come into this room. Something like that. Just like to make sure nothing is getting into your energetic field because this can really mess you up. Even if you are in this mindset of like scary stuff, scary stuff happens to you if you only think about those things. So yeah, watch a horror story and then go watch Disney. I don't know, but do something to change (laughs) your vibe because it can be a bit scary or even dangerous. So just protect yourself. Yeah, let's keep thinking the positive, good stuff, even about ghost people. (laughs) Yes. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you have anything you would like to hear for for the following episodes, let us know. It's still Halloween time. So if you want to hear anything related to the topic, please just message us or comment anywhere you find us. Um, If you want, please check our website as well. It's amsisters.com. You can find our blog, blog posts and our episodes there as well. And if you liked the episode, please give us a review on the podcast. It really does help. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you very much. Goodbye.